0: It's me, Sean Capri. I'm in my car, and you're listening to the most horsepowerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. I'm on a Skype call with my friend Ryan Turford. He's the man on the moose. And guys, the journey today, holy crap. Uh, I played a 360 game. There's a Series X out in the wild. So why don't we just jump on into things? Jump on and turn that dial into the Xbox Drive. About
1: Greater than X. Thank you Hello, Sean Capri.
0: Do you hear the music in your head? Like, obviously, as we record this, we're not hearing as the listeners just heard. But I play the music in my head, Ryan Turfer.
1: I mean, I don't want to let people behind the curtain, but I respond so quickly that it goes past the music. So I hear it, but then I immediately cut the music off because we
0: got to go. We got to go, we man. Gotta we go. got to gotta get the pedal to the metal. We got to gotta lead foot, man, because we got so much to get to this week. Surprisingly, like if we recorded yesterday, we would have missed so much, man. But I'm excited to uh, have this episode with you today. Yeah, me too.
1: I mean, there's lots of crazy stuff going on in the Xbox world, and we have a lot of exciting exciting things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Before we do that, though, Sean, oh, right. we've got a lot of stuff in the garage. we got to clean the garage okay. because Man, we don't want to get kidding. dirty. So uh, for those savvy listeners who may have noticed by now, we have fancy new thumbnails Ooh. for all of our shows now. So these were actually put together by Jared G at Highly Intelligent. That's like highly and like Zelda, like Zelda. not highly Intelligent. He created amazing thumbnails for us, so you can follow him definitely on Twitter, or you can check him out on the Google Stadia show at Stadia Podcast. and And huge props to Jared. The, the thumbnails I think look amazing. Um, we'd love feedback on them as well. So, so definitely let us know what y'all think of them. And uh, yeah, uh, I think Jared did an amazing job, dude. He's so he's, he's
0: so awesome, and he's always willing to help. And uh, I may have recorded a conversation with him for an upcoming episode of uh, the gamercast.
1: Ooh, very nice. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a tease a tease. Right a little there. tease. Yeah. Well, let's grab our A-tracks, pop them into the player. It's time for the playlist. So, Sean, we played a whole bunch of games this week, but I want to start with you because I think the
0: roundabout's influence
1: may have rubbed off mm-hmm. on you because you
0: played a 360 game? Dude, what is with this January where we don't really have a whole heck of a lot? I was listening to OK Beast podcast, and Alex Van Aken and I, I think he listens to the show. I think we're in a, a very similar space. We're just like... There's all these games that just came out. The Outer Worlds, I still haven't finished. There's games like The Witcher that I really, really want to get to before Cyberpunk, which is a whole other story. Uh, but for whatever reason, Sleeping Dogs is a game that has been on my backlog list for damn near a decade. Dude. <laughs> it's been there for a long time. I've always wanted to get to this game. And I finally fired it up. The Definitive Edition that is on Xbox One, I believe it's actually in Game Pass now, at some point, it was um, Xbox Games with Gold, I believe. Anyways, for whatever reason. So the reason, Definitive
1: Edition was Games with Gold in, two th- in 2016. Holy crap. And then I, I think it was in Game Pass, but I think it actually was removed not too
0: long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's been there. It's been one of those games that I just refused to uninstall. I've had a lot of other games come and go, but Sleeping Dogs has stayed there. But Ryan, this game, I have to ask you, have you played Sleeping Dogs? So I played it, but I played it
1: when it came out and I don't remember too much about the game because it's kind of been a blur since then. That's fair. I, I remember th- liking
0: it a lot though. Can I ask you if it's um if the Yakuza games are similar to this? Because I haven't played a Yakuza game, but I need to know if there's more of this type of game out there because I'm loving it, dude.
1: So Yakuza is actually a lot more has a lot more in common with, with Shenmu than with Sleeping.
0: Oh, okay. Games. So it's a little bit more so, on the story conversation. Because I know side. you played
1: Shenmue 3
0: sure pretty recently. Yeah.
1: And if you play and if you like Shenmue 3, you'll like Yakuza. Mm. But yeah, where it's Mm-mm. uh yeah, cuz it's more um more just kind of weird and out there right. than Sleeping Dogs, but also the controls and combat are actually very similar to um, something like Shenmue. Obviously, um there the um there are some th- similar themes between the two games. Right. Um but I do think Sleeping Dogs Uh, It's a much different game, and I I, I don't know... I haven't played too many of the Yakuza games, so I don't want to say that it's better than the Yakuza games, but from, from first glance, I think Sleeping Dogs is a better game. But I don't know. That, that, those could be
0: fighting words. Well, and I don't <laughs> you're just upsetting me. half the internet. Uh, well, what I'm really trying to get at is like kind of pay a bit of a, a compliment here, to I think it was United Front. Um, does that sound about yeah. right? The developer, United Front. Obviously, um, dead and gone now, but I just would love to play more of these type of games. It's somewhat, it's an open world for sure, but it's kind of like a dense, smaller type of open world, and it's just comfort food for me right now, man. I'm going from like mission to mission and the dialogue is cheesy as all get out and but the combat is very reminiscent of like the arkham games um mm-hmm. with the the reversals and and the combat and the, and the way that the uh the combos kind of work out there so i'm just i'm having a lot of fun with it i think it's about a 20 hour game so it it should be finishable for sure and uh i'm just yeah, i don't know that it's a weird game to even report on to just to let even people know that i'm, I'm playing this well, it's one, also, it's a strange one like
1: it's it's a bit of a hidden gem and just a lot of people just haven't really played it because it, it it didn't really sell well when it came out. And then even when it came to Xbox One at a time when when Xbox One really needed games, um, just I know a lot of people just didn't pick that one up yeah. uh, for some reason. Um, and yeah, I remember enjoying it a lot. And there aren't really a lot of games like it because it's got like a really unique feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's different from a lot of our games. And and I don't know if you knew this, but originally the game was part of the True Crime series from back on the original Xbox um and that's kind of where how it started out that's and in fact those are probably the more similar games to it but mm, those so games i got to go really back in time to get more versus, more like No this. don't get those cuz okay. those games are actually really bad They're bad. <laughs> okay. but uh, but but sleeping dogs was like the good game that emerged from that series well, that's it was cool to actually see it kind of break away from from the true crime name, actually. I'm
0: having a great time with it. I'm enjoying the, the cinematics for sure. The story, of course, is you're an undercover cop um, trying to break into the triads and and kind of bust that all up, all the organized crime happening in China. Now, the thing that confuses me, Ryan, the only thing—there's two things I want to tell you about. Number one is there are, like any other open world, there's these weird side missions, one of them is— actually busting criminals in which case i am the worst undercover cop of all time where i'm actually getting like like cop points uh and up and leveling up my 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 police side of things like why are you busting criminals you're you're supposed to be undercover you idiot so that's number one number two is you can buy extravagant hats and costumes and things like that which is always my favorite thing in in these open world games and the current costume that i have on is a giant like teddy bear mask so, of which course. stays on during <laughs> the cinematics. So I'm sitting there having like a very serious conversation where somebody going like, oh, I recognize you from the old days. <laughs> you can't see my face. I'm wearing a stupid teddy bear hat. So they
1: recognize your tattoo. That's how they know
0: it's. I guess maybe yeah, from when I was nine, my, my, my nine year old tattoo, uh, <laughs> yeah. having a great time with it, man. I just wanted to let you know that. Yeah. I think you might Dude. be rubbing off on me on the, the that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean it's the perfect time for that type of thing too, like you said, and, and just like I mentioned with Final Fantasy Seven last week, like it's it's video game comfort food time where it's a time to go back and play a lot of old games. Yeah. Unless you're me and I just play old games all the time. But I mean, you know. It's good to revisit some games every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see a couple other games you w- w- played. I uh, went through them real quick. Child.
0: Really quickly. I'm just I'm putting a call out there that for Diablo 3 is high on my radar. If people want to jump into Diablo 3 and jump in with Deckard Cade, I'm in my car, or I'm on a horse. And <laughs> So please. I don't think Deckard Cade's ever ridden. I don't horse. know if he's ever been on a horse, but he's certainly not been in a car. Um, and I don't even remember. Oh, Call of Duty. I'm playing a bunch of multiplayer games with a whole bunch of people. So if you guys like the, the Calls of Duties, the Diablos, uh, we're just, I want to play games with friends and sleeping dogs will be my single player experience, but gosh, darn it. There's a lot of fun to be had in uh, the multiplayer ecosystem on Xbox.
1: Nice. Nice. So as for me, Sean, I played one game a lot this week. Well, I played final fantasy seven again this week. Mm-hmm. I've finished it because that game's amazing, Dang. but I talked about it last week. So I'm going to skip past that. All right. Dragon Ball Z Kakarov is a game that came out this week, came out on Friday. It's the only game that uh, came out this month. Yeah. Only one. Well, so far it was. Um, it, um, so I'm only about 10 hours in. I didn't have a ton of time to play it because I ended up having to uh, work on, on the weekend when I wasn't supposed to. Sure. Um, and, yeah, I've had mixed feelings with Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Mm. Again, I'm pretty early on. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, pr- almost finished the Frieza saga. for, So I'm almost halfway through the game. Okay, I'm a dum dumb. I'm also uh, zooming through pretty quickly.
0: I'm a dum-dum. Mm. I am a dum dumb. i do not know what... I, honestly, I don't even know what type of game this is. Like, I don't even know what genre this is. Or when you say we went through the Frieza, like, is it going through, like, the storyline, the story beats of, of the show, Dragon Ball Z? Like, I, I actually know very little about this one. Okay,
1: so I'm glad you asked. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot Is an action RPG, like a pseudo-open world action RPG in the Dragon Ball Z universe. Mm -hmm. It basically is retelling the story of the entire Dragon Ball Z series from from start to finish. And the Dragon Ball Z series had four major sagas, which are like the four main arcs of the series. There's the Saiyan Saga, which is when uh, Vegeta and Nappa come to Earth. Mm -hmm. There's the Frieza Saga, where they have to go to planet Namek and get the Namek Dragon Balls to wish their friends back to life. There's the, the android saga where there's these evil androids on Earth that they have to fight. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Majin Buu saga, which is like pretty far in the future, and it's the saga that nobody likes. Um <laughs> that it has its good moments, but it's just it's it's it's, it's what it's probably the, the, the least liked of the four. I just love um, the way you
0: describe things, man. You got you got away with words. I just love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Here's what they're trying to do, though. They're trying to tra- cram 300 episodes of an anime mm-hmm. into a 30 to 40 hour action RPG. Of course. So that, of course, has mixed results. But one of the things that I think the game does really well is its storytelling. I think it does an amazing job with both the, its high moments and its low moments. And the way it tells its story um, is really interesting and, and a lot better than a lot of other Dragon Ball games that we've got. Mm-hmm. The My big hang up with the game, though, is the game's combat because it's very similar to another Dragon Ball Z release we had a couple years ago, Dragon Ball Xenoverse, um, which is basically a 3D um, like fighting game that takes place in like smaller combat arenas mm-hmm. where you kind of fly around in the air and stuff. Like it looks cool, but it's not. I don't find it too fun to play. Interesting. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Especially because they they have weird flying controls in this. So normally. In a open world game, Sean, when you would fly a plane, for example, you would use the right analog stick to to control the pitch of the plane. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this game, when you fly in the air, the right analog stick makes you ro- look around, and you have to use the right bumper to fly up and the right trigger to fly down. It's always been so, it's always
0: been a weird thing that they've been wrestling with across all the Dragon Ball games. I think the flying mechanic has always been just a little weird. Yeah, that's why one of the reasons
1: why a game like Dragon Ball Fighters worked out really right. well because. You're not worrying about that mm-hmm. for the most part. Any flying is like for the most part automated and it's very grounded um, versus this game where it's trying to r- really look and feel like Dragon Ball. And the fights, if you're looking at someone else playing it, it has that Dragon Ball feel to it. But when you're playing it yourself, it's very button mashy where you're basically pressing the B button to do all your punches and kicks. And then you've got the the X button for all your your key blasts, your your th- things that you throw at the enemies gotcha. essentially. Gotcha so um, I'll talk about a lot more next week um, because again I want to give the game a fair shake obviously to finish it Um, so definitely look out for that on the extra mile next week I want to give a huge shout out though to the game though because they recreate one of my favorite episodes from Dragon Ball Z in the game where Goku and Piccolo have to go get driver's licenses (laughs) so they have to go do this driving exam and they're like racing down this (laughs) they decide that they're going to race each other while doing their driver test it's super ridiculous And it's It's just as hilarious as you would imagine. I love it. it. I love it. Yeah, and It's so good. They've never done that in a game before, so it was so cool to actually see that moment in a video game. Uh, But Sean, the other thing I want to talk about real quick is a service that went live in Canada for the first time this week. It's been out in the States and the UK um, for a little while now as part of the preview program. Uh, Xbox Game Streaming is finally here in Canada, and oh boy, Sean, this this is a game changer for me because uh, I have a couple Android devices it only works on Android devices I have a tablet and phone Mm -hmm. and you can be what this allows you to do is stream basically your Xbox to your tablet or phone yeah like in real time and you can basically play your games on on the tablet for example so what I was doing is I was watching anime this week while playing Final Final Fantasy 7 and Dragon Ball uh, Kakarot just on my tablet in front of my TV it was so cool this is the like future. It, it works super well. Yeah. Um, when I was on Wi-Fi, like I didn't notice any lag when, uh, and to be fair, part of that is part, partially because I have a, a gigabit interconnection yep. at home. So I have super, I have really fast internet. So on slower internet speeds, you might run into some hiccups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even when I was playing on, uh, when I tried it out on my phone on 3G or sorry, 4G, it was, it was great as well. Like I had a really stable connection. There were a little, a uh, little more dips in the road. Mm -hmm. um but yeah just even being able to play games while on the bus to work was super cool and i'm excited to try it out some more for sure it seems like
0: magic man it doesn't seem like it should be real but like the this preview is so great and it just continues to derive a lot of positive momentum for xcloud and and there's a couple of other um updates that i think have happened over the last couple of days that maybe we'll get to as well
1: yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, and if y- y'all are interested in checking this out, you do have to be part of the uh, Xbox Insider Program as well as a part of the pre the update preview program as well. Yeah, this is part of the new update that they rolled out recently that changed like the My 8 Games and Apps menu and some other stuff. Um, plus, you need a, a Bluetooth enabled Xbox controller and an Android tablet or phone, as right. I mentioned, in order to do this. But yeah, so far so good, and I'm excited to talk about it more. In the coming weeks and eventually closer to launch, because I would assume this will probably launch over the summer, because it seems pretty close. I'm, I'm not gonna
0: lie. Yeah, it might be an E3 right. sort of type of announcement that we're that we're gearing up towards. Seems like every they're just hitting all their development milestones as they roll this out to um, different countries and everything. So you talked about the the console streaming, the things that are exactly on your on your console, but there's a few things that happen for the the other side of XCloud as well, Ryan. Yeah, so let's
1: slam the brakes on this conversation, Sean. Oh, okay. It's time to talk about. The xCloud preview finally coming to Canada. Yes. They listened to us, Sean. Oh, my God. It's finally happening. Yeah. January 29th, it launches. Uh, signups are update uh, available right now. We have a link in the description of this podcast if y'all are interested in signing up for this. Uh, I did this afternoon. Same. Because uh, I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that we get picked so we can talk about it some more. Mm-hmm. Um, they also added a whole bunch of games to XCloud today in a in a big update yeah that includes halo the master chief, chief collection and destiny 2 and a whole bunch of other games um we are, there's all we have a list uh available on windows central in the uh description of the podcast as well mm-hmm. if you want to y'all want to check out the, the list of games there's like 20 games and i'm not going to read them all off because we are on, short on time um but definitely check that out as well so
0: i'm excited that we may finally get our hands on on XCloud, John. How hyped are you? I'm so hyped, and it's like not that I want to like totally crap all over Stadia, but like this kind of craps all over Stadia, dude. Like, there's more uh, games available here <laughs> than there are for a preview beta, which, by the way, doesn't cost you anything. Uh, it's a little more selective, yep. but damn, man, this is really impressive. And these aren't just like these aren't games that are meant to hide the latency. These are like these are there to put it to the test. Like Destiny Two and Halo Master Chief Collection have to run damn near perfect for you to have a really Mm -hmm. good experience with them so very very bold I would say very good timing and again just this is how you do it so I can't wait to get my hands on it we have an extra android phone sitting around the house that I will be uh trying out both of these things the the um the console streaming and the traditional xcloud so I can't wait man
1: yeah, same here. And and yeah, like they definitely want you to break the service because th- that's how they, they test for stuff like mm-hmm. this. Like a game like Tekken 7, for example, that they have on the service is, is a prime example of a game that that uh, should be tested with this type of thing because it's a fighting game. Yep. You obviously want to have as minimal latency as possible, which was one of the gr- great things about the the the, the streaming uh, that I talked about earlier. Being able to play fighting games that way with no lag yeah. on something other than my television was super cool. So I would love to see... Uh, how XCloud performs under that with under those same tests mm-hmm. with those similar games, or how, how it might differ between the ser- two services in general. Um, but Sean we got to talk about something else okay. that popped up today on Reddit. The Series <laughs> X apparently is out in the wild.
0: Yeah, what? Yeah,
1: this is a thing. <laughs> Somebody's gonna get so, in a lot
0: of trouble today, man. I'm pretty sure somebody just got yeah. fired.
1: Now, mind you, we don't actually know if this is the real deal. It looks like the real deal from the pictures, yeah. but we don't actually know. First of all, it, it does say on the device in the pictures shown that it is a prototype, mm-hmm. not for sale. Um, so you, anything we might see on this particular console could change for the final version as well. Of course. Because I, I saw some people looking at the, the, the back of this today and freaking out because there are no USB-C ports, Right, but... Just because they're not on the prototype unit it doesn't mean they won't make it on the final unit. Do you think that that's something uh, they would change at this point? I feel like
0: that would be pretty locked
1: in. I think it's something that would be locked in, but there's a possibility it might change.
0: Yeah. So I don't know, man. And you I know, what the know. other thing too is like I'm not really like screening for a USB C on the actual console itself. Like I have a, a lot of cables that go a USB. A to C, but, like, I actually don't... I don't know. I don't have any devices, really, like, external hard drives that need uh, uh, USB-C. I could see maybe us getting there. I think for now this is okay.
1: Yeah, I think the the big thing would be, as you mentioned, the external hard drives is probably the big thing people would be clamoring for. um, Because otherwise... For the most part, Microsoft is probably assuming you're still using batteries in your controllers. Right. That you don't need a USB C cable for the controller, probably. So, um, yeah. Well, the I'm, Elite I'm Two is, is C,
0: is USB C. Um, but again, uh, it's a it's a US it's a converter. It's a USB A to C, and that's how I charge my uh, Elite Two, oh. Elite Series Two. I I didn't know that was the thing. Yeah. Okay. Um.
1: Yeah. I mean, still, the, the a lot of the stuff is pretty standard on the back of it, though. Yeah. Um. You still got the ex- HDMI port, optical out. No in though. Cables. No HDMI in. No HDMI in, mm-hmm. so you can't hook up your TV this time.
0: It seemed like there was one that said Xbox over it, didn't it? I'm not sure if I'm remembering that correctly because I'm driving yeah, my car. Yeah, the Xbox by the way. One looks like. The, I think that's the power cable though.
1: Oh, was uh, it? I'm not, oh, maybe. I'm not sure, but it, it's the only. Because th- otherwise, there's none of. There's like a a. a A square port that's right next to the HDMI one because I'm looking at the picture right now. Yeah. That could be the power cable, but I'm guessing. I think the power cable is like
0: your traditional, like figure eight kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And this one has like the two. Pins for the figure eight in like the Xbox port, yeah. That's there. So I'm actually pretty sure that's the power
0: cable. Again, Ryan, how thirsty are we for more information on the next generation of consoles? We're like, what parts are on the back? What does the chip look like? Like this thing has captivated hearts and minds across the internet. So God bless Xbox, man. I'm so hyped we'll for literally take anything at this point. We really will.
1: <laughs> we really will. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, one of the other reasons why we're like this, Sean, is because we're currently in the middle of delay delaymageddon yeah that's right all oh, the games are being delayed so Sorry, we, we heard <laughs> on friday cyberpunk 2077 yep. has been delayed till september 17th meanwhile dying light 2 also announced to be delayed indefinitely yeah. it was supposed to come out spring of this year it didn't really have a release date uh and now it's great it's basically is just or is basically just like it'll come up whenever it's ready Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, what what do you think about this, Johnny? Square Are you disappointed Enix at for,
0: at all? for Marvels? Is that what I you think meant? they're? I think they're publishing it. Oh, for Dying Light.
1: Yeah. Really? Because Techland's the developer. That's Techland. Sure yeah, for sure. They're
0: publishing it. So good for yeah. Techland, man. It seems like they're kind of getting a bit of the almost like a CD Projekt Red kind of treatment of like whatever you need. Like obviously that team is onto something there. It looks so ambitious. It's crazy. I think Donnie Reese and I uh, share a tremendous amount of hype. For Dying Light 2, it's not on enough people's radar, but maybe this delay will um, will help just get that hype fire going a little bit more. I'm really excited for it. None of these delays upset me. None of these things are, are traumatic in any way, shape, or form for me. Um... We've got a lot of games to play, man, and I, I just, I want to play Witcher still, <laughs> so yeah. not really surprised with, with and not Sa- traumatic. With
1: Cyberpunk in particular, it's just like, there are so many other games in April to look forward to mm-hmm. that I'm not really mad about this. If anything, it just uh, creates so much more room for those games to breathe now. Yep. Um, like Resident Evil 3 and and Gears Tactics, I think. Yeah, and Ori. Especially Gears Tactics, because it was coming out like a week later. Yeah. Like that game might have gotten buried otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good, it's good. The only danger of this, of course, is they're launching very close to the next generation of consoles. So hopefully you'll be finished Cyberpunk 2077 before the new consoles come out. And if not, just keep playing it on your uh, Xbox Series
0: X. What a giant question mark there is, though, still for, like, back compat on PS5. Like, we know how well everything works out on, on Xbox, and they're saying backwards compatibility, question mark, over in PlayStation line, but we're still not really sure. But, like, honest to God, man, like, I know that we're an Xbox show, but... There is. This is the best reason to be buying um, current gen games on Xbox because you just know everything's just going to work out perfectly well. Yeah.
1: So- They've already confirmed that everything that currently works on Xbox One, like including the original Xbox and Xbox 360 games, will work on Series X day one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, whereas on PS5, we just we just don't know anything yet. But, but that's just all the information we know about that console. We know the logo, and we know it exists. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, you just wonder A- like it's how speed up
0: I just wonder how it's going to scale. Like we know uh, what they're talking about with the first party games being playable on both Xbox One and Series X. And you just have to imagine that you're going to get all the all the, the new features and, and visual elements that come with the 12 teraflops rumored to be on the Series X. But I wonder if something similar is headed our way on the third-party front as well. And, and maybe that's what's causing some of these delays, is, is being able to mm-hmm. optimize them for now two systems instead of just the yeah, one. I,
1: I mean, maybe the logic there is if you're going to delay it anyways why not delay it closer to the next gen mm-hmm. at this point? Mm-hmm. Right? So I think that that might be the mentality. I, th- I know that's what Ubisoft cited when they delayed watchdogs and, and gods and monsters was that it was part of the, part of the reason for the delay is they were going to optimize them for next gen. Well,
0: it seemed weird at E3 last year when, when they were announcing all these games were spring, spring, spring. And then they were like, let's talk about project Scarlet. And then they said holiday. I'm like, those, that doesn't add up at all. Like It just seemed really strange as they were announcing it. So now things are lining up a little bit more. It's still a little bit odd, but I think it, 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 it. we could have probably predicted a lot of this. But um, all yeah. at once, I think they're all just getting it out of the way. Like, okay, you guys are all delaying. We, we'll do it too. Yeah, we were thinking the same thing. So let's just do it all at once. Well, yeah,
1: it was like four major delays in the last, two, last week and a half. Yeah. Just kind of throws it into, into perspective, I guess. But that's okay. Uh, but we still have plenty of other games to play because new games are being added to Game Pass Ooh, in the next two one. weeks, Sean. Good so we got an awesome announcement today. A Plague Dale Innocence and Indivisible are coming January 23rd. Two games that I think you, dear listener, should play. Mm-hmm. Especially Indivisible because that is a definite hidden gem that no one really talked about last year. You did. And that game is amazing. I got a honk at this all guy. Need to play that game.
0: I, oh I'm God, sorry, I had to. And the guy behind me was honking, too. He was just sitting there. I think he might have been on his phone. Like, I'm recording a podcast, and I can pay attention, man. I only got it around this corner. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, and even a plague tale. I, I haven't played it yet, and I
1: know you haven't played it yet. No, so I played I'm... a little bit oh. of it. I played a few oh, hours of it.
0: And uh, I just think that I'm, it's not clicking with me. It's just not for me. Oh, but okay. it's beloved, for sure. I'm, for me, Indivisible is the one that jumps out, because I know that, uh, that you love it. And you like a game-ass game, and I like a game-ass game, Ryan Turford.
1: Well, especially just if you take a Metroidvania game and mix it with a turn-based RPG, and it has a, an anime opening from Studio Trigger, Yep. you know that's up my Thank alley. you. I'm going to play that game. Mm-hmm. So I'm all over it. That, that is definitely my thing. So uh, other two games we're getting on January 30th are Sea Salt sure. and Fishing Sim World Pro
0: Tour. Damn. So you got a fishing game. Yeah, we also have those. We didn't want to name four games from the xCloud uh, release, but we definitely wanted to call out Sea Salt. And Fishing Pro Tour or whatever the hell that game was.
1: Sean, there's someone out there who likes fishing That's games, That's true. Okay? That's a good point. <laughs> good I mean, call. there's a reason why they come up with a new fishing game every year. That's true. Someone's That's buying That's true. <laughs> it. It's just like those Cabela hunting games. You're right. It's like someone someone's buying those games mm-hmm. out there, Sean. Mm-hmm. I don't know who, but someone. Someone is. Anyways, speaking of other people, Sean, let's let some people in. It's time for the carpool. <laughs>
0: that was the best one yet. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Speaking I'm not gonna lie. I'm people. on point with, with segues
0: today, Sean. <laughs> oh my gosh! Good for you. All
1: right, so let's let some more friends in. So right. Maurice Burdock at chillinvillain 34 oh my on God. Twitter. Fellow Canadian,
0: we had a great conversation on Twitter, man. Shout out to Morris.
1: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. That's an amazing Twitter handle as well. So
0: ChillinVillain, what number?
1: Thirty-four. It's <laughs> so good. So, th- this question kind of pertains to what we were just talking about. Wanting to wanting your take on digital media. And True ownership. Mm-hmm. I believe there needs to be true ownership uh, Developed with some kind of program one that if I decide to sell my games I can
0: I mean, he's not wrong. I do feel like one of the key elements of owning anything is that you could then sell it. Whether or not you're going to get what you want to get for it is kind of up to the marketplace for sure. But but in terms of like the digital side of things, like the difficulty is that with a physical piece of property, there's some sort of like degradation that either um, kind of drives the, the value down, in which case there's a deal to be had uh, for the buyer to buy a used piece of property, or... There's like a rarity to the property, like a comic book or something, which actually would drive the value up. And neither mm. of those really apply to digital games. And I, I struggle to really have a, a particular solution. And I think that's really why we don't have it yet. I don't think that um, it's for any other reason than the, the game, the digital copy is in the exact same condition after a thousand uses or a thousand hours or one hour or one use. So you don't have that degradation. Mm. And, um, but it's not rare either. So you don't have like an increase in value either. So I don't know how, like, I don't have a a proper solution to what, how would you sell it? Like what amount would it be? And if it would be the same that the person purchased it, how would you then incentivize to buy just straight up from Microsoft instead of the person who bought it? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a little tricky.
1: Well, and especially you mentioned it there as well. Like one of the, the problems, because I'm uh, for those who don't know, I'm actually a, a pretty big retro game. Mm-hmm. So I collect a lot of retro games, uh, which is just a giant physical game collection that exists on my shelf. And one of the, the issues we're facing now with physical discs is a, is an issue called disc rot, which is an irreversible thing that basically is going to happen to every disc one day. Yeah, where eventually the disc will just stop working, whether you get scratches on it or fingerprints or whatnot, because the disc will simply rot because they're designed to do that. Eventually, they're not designed to last forever, like uh, like cartridges are not. They're not designed in the same way. Right. Um, and that and that's really going to be a big problem. Twenty years from now, trying to go back to my original Xbox collection, you know, half those discs might not work in 12, 20 years. But at the same time, if Microsoft offers a digital version of that game. It's a it's a version that will always exist in my library as long as they allow me to do that. Right, which is at this point they've shown no indication of not allowing you to do that because even uh, for those who don't know, when a game gets delisted from the store, if you've purchased it already, it already the both uh, Sony and Microsoft actually allow you to re-download the game. Free of charge mm. from the service, even if it, even if it goes out of print. A good example is Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which is a game I love on Xbox 360. But you can't go buy that game now. But I can re-download it anytime I want on my 360, um, I, as long as Microsoft continues to allow me to do so. Mm-hmm. Even though it's been delisted and they've lost the license so to sell it. So um, I think just you have to factor that into your buying decisions and kind of change the way you purchase your products and and no going in that you probably won't be able to sell your digital copies because i don't know if we're ever going to get to an age where the companies will allow you to sell their digital products because they already don't want you to sell the games now to the to like GameStop for example right. because then they don't really make any money from that transaction.
0: Well i was um, wondering about that and, model too where maybe Microsoft puts itself in a place where like they could do like a buyback program where instead of selling like peer to peer like me selling a game to you that maybe there's some sort of like a buyback program that after 2 years that the game is valued at whatever price but the problem is that comparing it back to GameStop is like or Spot wait which one is it damn I always forget the stop EB Games. Spot is the website. EB Games yeah. is the store that we <laughs> go, go to Everybody um, is that you have that whole like um, Force Awakens thing. Like you get a quarter portion. You get like six bucks yeah. for this eighty dollar game that you bought. Well, because they still
1: ago. have to make money on the the, the resale of that game. So there's that the profit margin. Their profit margin is factored into the price they quote.
0: Right you. for a physical uh, game for sure. But I think for for Microsoft, it's mostly just that they have to like they don't want to give the entirety of the purchase rate back to you. But they could be incentivized to do that because giving you at least a few bucks or ten dollars or whatever it is puts you in a position where you're like you're going to put that ten dollars towards the next eighty dollar game uh here in canada or the sixty dollar game in the states so it actually is like there's a there's a certain psychology to like gift cards where you're buying things that you wouldn't necessarily have bought if you didn't have that gift card which is hilarious because you're you're actually more out of pocket in that case than you would if you didn't buy it at all or if you if you didn't get that gift card as a as a present does that make sense where you're like, yeah, you weren't is- in the market for this game, but somebody gives you a $10 gift here, and you're like, I'll spend 50 bucks on this now. And you're like, what? So Microsoft <laughs> gets that $50 that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten from you. So it's a very interesting like, marketing psychology around gift cards. And I think they could implement something like that on the digital game side, but I think maybe we have to get a little noisier about that <laughs> before we see any change. Yeah,
1: well, because, especially because the, the motivation isn't there for them to do that right, right now. I don't think. Yeah,
0: like that. There's not a
1: model for them that probably makes a lot of sense as to why they would do that, unless of course it's a, a consumer phone book this thing and they're ready to take yeah. a, a loss on the games they're buying back from you. Essentially, yeah, um, I think that that would be the thing you'd have to kind of sell the companies for on. sure. Um, but let's move on, Sean. Right. We got a, a couple more questions to go through, uh, including from the Ken, Kennerdian Gamer oh, at market. the Canerdian on on. Uh, on twitter he asks if you were to make a video game based on your life what kind of video game would it be so he's asking what kind of genre and what kind of, what would the game be called bonus if you can name what developer would handle the task of the video game life video game of your life
0: oh I, do you want so, me to go first i, I got this yeah I got go this first. for sure go it's first. playground games is going to be making a uh, rpg with heavy um emphasis on driving and also uh changing diapers is is basically the, the game that's gonna be for me, man. I'm gonna race. Oh,
1: so can they can they call it Father Simulator? Father
0: Dad, Dad Simulator 2020 for sure. Uh, where you have to make sure that uh, <laughs> you have to go in for your uh, nearing the age of 40 checkups. Um, you got to race from that to your eye <laughs> your eye exams. You got to go to <laughs> your kids' swimming lessons or their music lessons or whatever, and then you got to go home and don't be late. You can't be late. That's the whole thing. That's the driving part of it all. And then, um, and then you level up basically just by surviving every day. You just get you get super XP point points, but otherwise it's a thank oh it's a thankless job.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a playground game. Yeah, sure, definitely right they can
0: handle all those elements for sure. Also, like yeah. the the evil or like the Paragon renegade. See, I finally got it, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> you can have that they're kind nuts. of in there. You make good decisions, bad decisions. You're a good dad, bad dad. It's only they can do it. Of course, they're working on Fable. That's where this is coming from. Of course, mm-hmm. of
1: course, but you never know not confirmed. Uh, as for me, my life would be the, the game based on my life would be a visual novel And <laughs> nice. it would be about uh, an aspiring uh, video game personality person Who has to settle into the life of working in TV Because working in TV is fun It's a lot of fun But it's not the same as working in video games A visual novel is but, perfect uh, for this yeah, and it just tells the story of uh, of trying to to move to the big city and and make it on your own while also being a big nerd. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is, John, right. I don't drive or do enough, you know, physical things in that would really be like give you the type of activities you'd expect in like an action game.
0: Yeah, for, for example.
1: Sure. So it would have to be a visual novel, or you could do a Telltale style game Ooh. where I'm, I'm walking around my apartment and I'm like man i could watch anime if i click the a button here or i could walk over here and put pl- my nes and play some ninja gaiden
0: what will the choice be that sounds Which that you sounds choose? kind of like a persona type of thing where you're having to manage your time and everything man so maybe you maybe oh, you need atlas true. to
1: develop your game maybe maybe it is an
0: atlas game mm-hmm. who knows
1: maybe they could turn my my uh, my uh the game based on my life into a fun hi game.
0: there can i please get a medium coffee with two splenda Anything else? that is all Thank you. Oh my God! Well, Ryan, you will you Bell- thought I wasn't getting well, a coffee this game. week? Everybody was like, "Where's this coffee?" It's right here. It was just a little ways away, guys.
1: But the real question is, in the game based off your life, Sean, will you be able to go to McDonald's and take up a coffee? It
0: will only be it will be it will be really um, shameless promotion of McDonald's throughout. It'll be like it's the only kind of like in Demolition Man where everything is Taco Bell. In this game, everything. <laughs> Everything is McDonald's. (laughs) That's a reference that like three people understand, but whatever, man, I went for it. That's amazing.
1: All right. uh, Two more questions real quick, Charlie, and then we got to go. So uh, Seamus McIsaac at Famous Seamus asks, you have found, picture yourself in this scenario, you have found an Xbox Series X in your backyard shed. What do you do with it? Return to Microsoft, try it out and see how it works, sell it. What do you do? What is the moral conundrum, Sean? What, what do you do if you find a Series X in your house?
0: Like, just like as there. if it's somebody else's and they've misplaced it or something like that, or maybe it's yeah. a maybe yeah. it's a person if it fell
1: off the truck. It <laughs> is suddenly in in your backyard. You
0: play the crap you out do? of it, man. There's no dilemma. Oh, are you kidding me? I, I would no. I I, I uh, find a chord for it, assuming that that's not along with it as well. I start playing with it with my Series Two uh, Elite controller. And that's kind of the end of the story for me. I don't know if I'm missing something here as I pay for my coffee.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's, this is more of an ethical question. Sure. But, and if you were to put a range where my ethics stand on the ethics scale, I would actually probably return the
0: product. Finders keepers. Because,
1: but you never know. That may be like, Hey, th- this guy's super nice. He returned this product. Maybe we'll shout him out or something. I don't well, know. You're a nice, Who you're knows? a nice
0: boy. Where do you return it to? Where do you even go? I don't know.
1: I just go knock on Microsoft's door and just hand it to
0: them. I guess. I guess. Yeah, (laughs) no, I don't think I'd do that.
1: They're on Twitter, Sean. They're on Twitter. You can talk to, you you can message Phil Spencer and say, hey, I found this in my backyard. Do you want it back? And there you go. It'd be a nice conversation. I guess so. uh, Xbox B3. Okay. Anyways, let's get to Tim A's question real quick. Tim A at Neo Prime 33. Uh, We got to do this one quick. What if Microsoft bought Sega? How would it help Microsoft break into the Japanese market and would it make it a little bit easier or harder? Um, I'll go first on this one I actually think it would help uh, Microsoft but I don't Ever see them buying Sega because uh, I think that Sega is too closely tied With Nintendo, Nintendo. at the moment yeah. To want to give up being a Independent publisher mm-hmm. So, um, and, and likewise I don't think They would even though they have the close relationship With Nintendo I don't think they would have Accept an offer to become part of Nintendo Either I think they just they like the Space they're in right now
0: um, yeah, but they I also. What if the space was made bigger by Microsoft Bucks? What? <laughs> maybe they don't even know I mean, what they could. do. It'd have
1: to be a really large check, mm-hmm. Sean. A, a check they could probably write, but I don't know if it would be worth
0: it. But that's the thing. But that's then. They, Just my read on this. Don't you situation. think they're incentivized to do that? I think they're like that'd be amazing. The the tie in with Nintendo and also with Sony with the whole like Atlas thing and Persona. Like, I don't know what the situation is if 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 it's a deal with Atlas or if Sony. Has some sort of like ownership over the the persona franchise or series, but holy crap, dude! If that would be that would be a massive. I don't think people realize the tentacles on uh, tentacles Tendr- tendrils. I don't know. Uh, tendrils. Yeah, nailed it. Um, that Sega has, dude. That would be that'd be huge. I'd be hard pressed to think of a bigger acquisition. Now, the only thing is, you mentioned that um, they're a publisher. The, the acquisitions they've yeah. been doing are on the developer side. So this is a little yeah. bit different, but would they want to do it? I would say absolutely. This would be a game changer for sure.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, they would still own the the Sega-owned IPs, but you're right. The games they would publish under the Sega banner, they probably wouldn't necessarily own. Right. Or it would be a weird situation where they would own the games that are already out, but not future games yeah. kind of thing. Um, so, but that would be weird. So, I, I think it would be a great idea. And it would it would be a great way to get into the Japanese market, but I it's just I find it very unlikely that it would be something that would actually happen in reality. Mm-hmm. That's just my take on it. But anyways, Sean, we gotta go. We gotta wrap up the show. So uh, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. that's T-U-R-F-O-R-D. And you can also find us on Twitter at the Xbox Drive. Anyways, for Sean Capri, I'm Ryan Turford. This has been episode 124 of the Xbox Drive, and we out. Bye. Bye.